Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Luke Anderson, astronaut. A man barely interesting. I just picture you sitting on the rail at a strip club eating a Lunchable. Will Darkens, hot air balloon attendant, frightened by technology. I, I love you, but you're saying that this little old man, this dude was a clean 6'6". We have the capability to build the 33rd best radio show in Portland on Saturdays about sports. The Sinner and the Saint will be that show better than they were before. Sportsier, funnier, more Labradoodles. The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate Show on 1080 The Fan. The Odyssey. Map and 1080thefan.com. Hey, hey, hey! Happy Saturday morning, all you beautiful Portland radio listeners. Hope you're having a wonderful start to your Memorial Day weekend. The first thing we always do is check in with the most important man, Will Darkens. He's back! Yeah! Look at you, you're back! You know, you and I have been taking a lot of vacations lately. Well, we've been we've been uh, we've been missing each other too. That's kind of the thing, yeah. too. It's it's been uh, William Nicole Ortner in here while you're gone. And uh Whoa, you been pause here. there. What's that? William what? Nicole? His middle name's Nicole? Oh, I have no idea. Oh, I just thought I would okay, throw okay. in a lady's middle name there. And you thought see, that was it. See if it caught your attention. It sounds like a real estate agent's name. Don't you think, William Nicole? Yeah. yeah. Like, if I heard that name or I saw that name on a sign next to a beautiful craftsman home, oh, like yeah. 4,000 square feet. Oh, that's a big, huge yeah. craftsman home. I'm assuming he's probably pushing some pretty sweet wood. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't think there's any question the wood that he's pushing is pretty sweet. Hell yeah. Yeah. What hey, uh, nice hat, too, by the way. Oh, thank you. This is my uh, fishing and hunting hat. Okay. Uh, but uh, as you pointed out, uh, mm. it does have an artist flair to it. It does have an artist flair. You look that. like an artist well, today. I do what I can. You have your. You have decided with a um, with a dress shirt of sorts, I suppose. Eh, whatever I mean, it's a button-up shirt. It's a button-up shirt. You have decided to go three unbutton. Did I go three unbutton? Yep, just, you are three. No, just two. Oh, it's two? Okay, two. well, the, the length by which it, it's pretty... You're Plun- showing a lot of chest. I have a plunging neckline. Yeah, plunging yeah. neckline. Sure. You have put on a poet's hat. Yep. And right now with the mic, I got to tell you, 
You got a vibe going. All right. Well, listen, this is this is what I can do is uh, give you the vibe. That's all I can do. All I need is this vibe to extend out through these uh, beautiful airwaves to all those wonderful people out there listening to this show. Um, this I, I'm going camping. This is my is my camping wear. I got. My, oh, you're going camping yeah, again? Going, right after this? What do you mean again? How many friggin' times does your family go camping? Uh, this is only my second time this year. <laughs> uh, we have. I don't think I have any camping planned. Uh, I guess I'm going to Yosemite in July. Yeah, there. Fourth of July weekend. Yeah. Well, no, okay, so I have none in June though. <laughs> I have none in June. None in June. So I have so zero. So you take a quick month off. I have zero. Well, but June's a big month. That's a good camping month. Uh, it's a good month. Well, I guess that's not true. I'm going to Alaska. <laughs> we will be camping in Alaska. Okay, so you're I camping get on in Alaska airport. in June, right? Yeah, yeah, that's okay. in June. So, okay, so that's so, three straight months of camping. Well, yeah. So we went camping, what did I go? Three weeks ago, went down to the coast. Yeah. Uh, did that camping trip? We've got this one. We have at Swift Reservoir, Swift Forest Camp, uh, mm. the uh, high end of the uh, you know the the Lewis River watershed, uh, as it were. Of course, so, so we'll go up there. That'll be th- so. So the camping trip a few weeks ago that was uh, to the Washington coast. We went for razor clams and surf perch. The next trip will be uh, we'll be going to the uh, the Swift Reservoir. We're going to be trout fishing. We'll go in Alaska, which is salmon fishing on the Russian River. Oh. Uh, then we'll go to Yosemite, which is really just taking in all the nature. We won't really be uh, harvesting any seafood or hunting at all. Ah, uh, then, I see. And then in August, we'll go up to Hood Canal. That will be uh, oysters, uh, butter clams, mm. uh, maybe some fishing, maybe some crabbing. Haven't fully decided, uh, but we have that in August. And then by the time we get around to September, maybe we'll go archery elk hunting, which will be camping. And then October, we'll be deer hunting with rifles in the Klickitat. So, you know, I mean, listen, they all have a purpose. All of these things, you know, serve a certain purpose. It's not It's not like we go to the same place and go camping, in, and I'm sure we'll probably squeeze in another uh, camping trip in July. Probably. You are such an active individual. You know, I try to get out. You I, make me feel like crap. Yeah. I'm also trying to coordinate another one for July or June Listen that may be foraging for uh, sunstones and mushrooms. How do you do this with children? Well, the children are going this way. You just the, bring the children the with chil- you. The children, uh, the children... Uh, one of the children uh, came on the last camping trip. Both of the children be on this trip. Uh, Where was the, the other children? The other child. The other children was with uh, mom. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, uh, they did girl stuff. You know, they did. Uh, they made uh, flower arrangements and painted their nails. And, right. They're uh, both girls, though, right? Well, my my children are both girls, yes. Right. Both. The children. Which each of my childs. Oh, both children's. Both of my childs. Okay, I got it. Both yeah. of my childs. Childs. <laughs> Are are girls? Yes, I yes, have to are. figure out how to be. I can't. I can never be as active as you because you are. I, I'm not even kidding at this point. You <laughs> are, and your family is very active. You guys sure. get out. You do stuff. You mix it up. You're you're out there. But can, well, can I give you a secret though? Okay, camping is uh, setting up the tent. And then it's sitting in a chair doing nothing. Yeah, I don't want to set that tent up. Well, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, are you putting you good money trailer. into a tent, or or do you just have it masterful at this point? Ah, tent, tent. Uh, I'm pretty masterful at uh, setting up the tent. We we ended up getting a. Oh yeah, we even uh, we even upsized the tent now that the uh, childs are getting bigger. Oh, we made the big uh, childrens. The childrens are getting bigger, so we got it. We got a bigger tent. I'll put that thing up and. I don't know. I'll time, I'll time myself today. I'll bet you I can get the whole thing up, uh, rain flying everything, 15 minutes at the most. That is a lot. That's quick. Yeah. 
I think I can get it under that. But I, it I, took I'll us be fifteen minutes at the Outer Banks, at least twenty actually, to yeah. put up a a, a, a beach tent. Okay, just the beach. Yeah, tent. just the beach tent. Now, given this is just the shade one one post that goes through high winds. Yeah, sure. High winds. It was difficult in that yeah. respect, but it was yeah. also difficult in the respect that my father in law was like, he was uh, he was irate. Well, he so, didn't want to yeah. do it. It was one of those things. Like, have you ever had those experiences where, like, you have to go do something that you really don't want to do, whether it's like a yes. dentist or like, oh, I like the dentist. Yeah, you know, well, the doctor, got a or just wonderful dentist, something where you're you're fearing an colonoscopy. Event. I've had a colonoscopy. Right? Yes. Is you that your like, question? Have I had a colonoscopy? Yes, yes I have. Yeah, okay. you were like, look, I have to mentally prepare myself, mentally and my yeah. butt for what's about to happen. Yeah, you physically have to prepare for a colonoscopy. There is no question. Are you not? familiar with the process for getting ready for a colonoscopy do you have to put stuff in no there no or? but it's a oh. full flush you're oh. you're chugging all of the uh, oh that doesn't bother me it's more like the yeah. getting the other thing ready yes but this okay this is what i'm saying that right. you are chugging prescription strength laxative and all the water that right. you need for like two days and the result is Full evacuation of your bowel that's great yeah i totally love that great. yeah i'm sure he felt amazing Bless you. Um, yeah, but I think my father-in-law, th- that trip, he literally, because we took the plane together down there, he literally kept mentioning, like, that tent. And I was like, it's really not that big of a deal. And he was like, oh, he was like, I just, I, don't, I really don't want to help putting up that tent. I really don't want to help. I'm not going to do it. And he would, like, kind of sprinkle it in. So then once we actually got down to the beach, it was me, my brother-in-law, and my sister-in-law kind of setting the thing up, and he—it it was almost he couldn't resist. He was sitting in his chair watching us fumble oh, around. You guys don't know what you're up. doing. Get yeah. out of the way. Get out. Just move. Yeah. Just move. Yeah. And he was yeah. irate sure. setting that thing up. And I, only, I was like, Steve, jeez, you know how? Like, you, you can sit down. Listen to me. The only thing ten he minutes of the less. flight, you bitched about this tent. <laughs> you can sit down. The only thing he wanted less than setting up the tent was watching you set it up incorrectly. Yes. Like more. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in both of those situations. It's like, I don't want any part of what you guys are doing. And then you watch them do it. And you're like, get out of the way. Yeah. yeah. No, that's. I would imagine there's a lot of that camping. Just the. Yeah. Except you guys are so experienced at this point. I'm sure there's a, a song and dance there. We, well, so we've got. So this camping trip, this, this, this weekend is one of the big family camping trips. Mm. So uh, the rest of the family's already up there. But we had a we had kindergarten basketball last night. We don't miss the games because. Oh. Which. It, part of it, I'm coaching. We, right. we missed last week and we were out. We had, uh, we had something to do. So somebody else filled in. No problem. Our kids were still there. The thing is, if you're on a team with like eight people on it, Going into Memorial Day weekend, if we didn't show up, there would not have been enough players to complete the thing. You can't take two of the kids off an eight-person team. So having twins, we're like, yeah, we should probably show up. I mean, you could. You could just tell one of the kids at certain points, like, you don't have to go play defense. Oh, nobody did. Nobody played. Oh, no. <laughs> like, well. I mean, I mean, I'm saying, like, literally, like, once you're on your side of the court, like, if there's a transition, like, you could just, like, go crisscross applesauce no, for a series. Can, but can I, well, first of all, there's kids laying, there's kids laying all over the place <laughs> at all times. And at any point during the game, two or three kids go to the bench and are sitting on their parents' lap. Like, they go into the crowd and just sit uh, up. Oh, yeah. you, mean, you mean unprompted? Uh, well, I mean, it's undir- undirected. Yeah, like well, you, didn't, yeah, you weren't yeah. like, get out of the game. They were yeah. just like, uh, I've had enough of this. So here's the thing. They hand me a whistle. I'm the coach. I don't sit on the bench and like yell things at the kids. I'm yeah. running up and down the floor, like yelling at the kids. Yeah. The only time I use a whistle 
And they, it's like one of the little push button COVID whistles, which is great. So I don't have to oh, really? you, you blow a whistle. Yeah, it's fantastic. You just push a button, makes the whistle sound, stops again. <laughs> I don't, I don't. Are you clicking it at them? Like yeah, a, like like a remote pointing at them. Yes, yes, like a remote. 100% is what I do. But here's the thing. Uh, they, they, none of them dribble. Like one uh, of my, one of my daughters gets the ball and she tries her best to dribble. Inevitably, what happens if you dribble the ball? Like some, like kid comes barreling down and just runs through her and grabs the ball. Yeah. And so, like, I tell her to dribble, but I'm like, hey, if you want to get a shot, pick it up, run underneath, because that's what everybody else does. Like, there's one kid, <laughs> there's one kid on the other team just picked it up, held it like a football, ran over, starts stiff arming people and just mowing people over. Hell yeah. So when that kid got the ball. You know what I told? This is how I directed my defense. Not from the sideline, from the court. I just told my kids, just get out of the way. <laughs> like, like you're, you don't want to like do a strip? You don't want to do a behind strip? At least no, teach no, the kids well, no, to do a behind no, football no, strip. No, he's not, he's not dribbling the ball. I don't want them to tackle him. Uh, I just say, get out of his way. And here's the other thing about this kid. Is if you get out of the way, it's a pretty good strategy. Because he kept running too far under the rim. And he'd throw it off the bottom of the rim every time. So... Pretty, like, let him do it. Pretty rock-solid strategy. I'm like, here's what's going to happen. And he did it probably 17 times. Nice. And so so then the the reverse of that is... It's almost like Hack-A-Shack, really. Well, no. It's, it's the, like, just it's, let it happen. You no, know, it's, it's the exact okay. opposite. It's like, it's oh. like if you let Shaq... Like, if you guarded Shaq and he dunked it on top of you, because yeah. you're, like, pushing him away from the basket, like, he's going to dunk it on you. But if you didn't guard Shaq and he couldn't figure out where to shoot because there's no defense to measure himself yeah. off of... Then you just let him go, and he'd miss every time. It's kind so of, like Kevon Looney, really. There you go, Kevon. Yeah. There you go. So the only time that I actually use the whistle is, so if they're dribbling, the kid will just run through and try to steal it. I'm telling my kids not to play defense. If they try to block a shot, the kid will just hold it. Like, somebody puts their hands up in front of them, they'll just hold it and won't shoot. So I'm like, just put your hands down, just let them shoot, and then we can move on with the game. Uh, I only blow the whistle when they get close to the walls. I don't care about out-of-bounds. They run past the out-of-bounds lines all the time. Yeah. If they go close to a wall, or two kids go on the ground for the floor, or for the ball. Yeah. So two kids hit the floor going for the ball, whistle immediately, and just whoever's touching it, their ball... I don't want kids scrapping. And most of the time, they don't break up. Yeah. If somebody gets hurt, one of the kids runs to the crowd, sits with their parents. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I'm starting to kind of, uh, um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of starting to get it now. Yeah. There's no ref. No, no. I'm a coach. Well, you're the coach. And, and I have the a whistle. Ref. No, of course there's no ref. Why would there be a ref? <laughs> We're not keeping score. We're not doing anything. The only time I blow the whistle is I'm going, somebody's going to get hurt. Tweet. That's it. I just that's it. I, it's mayhem. I'm more impressed than anything that you're able to continue this for whatever length of time. Because I think at a certain point, if there's no ref or anything else, yeah. like if I'm you, I, I think at some point I'm kind of just ending the game after about 15 minutes. Oh, there's a clock. There's somebody running the clock. Somebody from the YMCA runs the okay. clock, and we, we we go five minutes stop, switch out players, whatever. Everybody okay. gets a water break. That we only had five players. They only had five players. So we just went five on five the whole time. Everybody ran up and down. If kids had to go and cry with their parents, go cry with your parents. Whatever. <laughs> at one point, we were playing five on three. At one point, we were playing three on three. Uh, at okay. one point, I, I think we were playing on two on four. Yeah. Nobody cares. Gets to five minutes. They stop the clock. Everybody get a drink of water. They come back. We play another five minutes. We get a two-minute halftime. Then we do another ten-minute half. It's running clock. No, it's there's pretty no, good. There's no free throws. There's no nothing. The, the kids on my team have gotten a little bit better at dribbling. 
Good. They've gotten a little bit better at passing. They've gotten much better at shooting, much better at rebounding. Right. Ah, they learned something. And they had fun. The One of the girls, it was her last game because she won't be here next weekend. She gave me a big high five and said, thanks. And you know what? Oh. I mean, it's just my heart grew three sizes and I no longer hate the world. It's adorable. It's adorable. Well, now perhaps that would help me. There you go. Maybe I should coach a kid's team. I, as somebody suggested they go, it's a couple extra hours with your kids every week. And I was like, eh. I go, if both you girls play, I'll coach. What do you say? And they're like, yeah! And they're having a blast. I and think, then we went to Applebee's afterwards, and they I got the macaroni would, and cheese. I think what would hurt the kids interacting with me would be the ball that I would throw at them. Yeah, the first time I threw a ball at a kid, they got really, really mad. Oh, did they? Oh, yeah. Now, who, the kids or the parents? Uh, it was my kid. Oh, it was your yeah, kid? Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. right, right. Yeah. So the first time you yeah. threw a ball at your kid. Yeah, hit her right in the face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is actually a true story. I go, all right, let's everybody like stand away from each other and pass back and forth. There's an oh, odd number of kids. Yeah. Odd number of kids. Yeah. My daughter's like, me and you. I'm like, sure. I pass her the first ball, goes right through her hands, hits her right in the face. I, I gently threw a bad boom, right in her face. She starts crying. My wife couldn't be there for whatever that week, so I'm the only parent there. To, so I'm yeah. like, I'm holding her, coaching the rest of the team. Yeah. Did you? You didn't tell your wife about that, right? Of course I did. Oh, I She's, wouldn't. I, know she it. goes, "Why is her nose bleeding?" And I'm like, "Well, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Just make a reason." Yeah. No, it's yeah, it's. A I want to avoid that argument. From six-year-old basketball, I think we should move to like maybe actual like professional basketball, large men do? basketball, uh, games from age six to game six. Uh, do we actually have a series here between boston and miami because i've been hearing for two and a half weeks that boston's done they've already blown up the team have you listened to any of colin coward this week yeah they're already trading off all the assets for the boston celtics because they're done i know and the blazers are in the hunt again oh they're getting Jalen brown jaylen brown jimmy butler okay both of them which players do you want from this series that's already <laughs> over? We'll discuss next. Sinner and Saints on 1080. The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
All right, so the Heat still have a three games to two lead over the Boston Celtics, but uh, in Miami tonight for something we call game six. Six! Last time I checked, the Boston Celtics still are the two seed and the Miami Heat still the eight seed. So if this goes to game seven, it would be the Boston Celtics hosting game seven, which could be an advantage. Even though Miami's already won two on their home floor. Ooh, man, this series is turning into something. Uh, I was told, boy, what was it, five days ago that pff, it's over. Mm. Boston is done. Done. They don't have a chance. No. Miami's the better team. Jimmy Butler is unstoppable. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, there's no point in watching game six tonight. But right. if there were... Could you think of a compelling reason to watch this game? Well, of course there's a compelling reason to watch the game. What? I think the most compelling reason of all is Jason Tatum. The streakiest, come and use air quotes, superstar in the NBA. Well, yeah, and I think that exactly what you just said is kind of what's intriguing about it. Jason Tatum has been... Um, what should I say? Advertised as the next thing for about... yeah by himself. Oh, I think media too. <laughs> I, I think, know. I think yeah, but and of course was... he does too. You're correct. Yeah. But like it's was been it, about was it game six against Philadelphia where yeah. he comes up? Well, I'm one of the best players of the 50 world. Fifty something so. points, and well, rightfully well, so. If you can close a team out, no, no, you're... this was before his fifty one point game. Where he yeah. comes out and he just goes, well, you know, I am, like, and obviously you, I'm one of the best players. And you score 50-something yeah. points and you, you crack them out and you do your thing, you back it up. But I think it's been, like, three or four years now where we've been kind of expecting Jason Tatum to take off as it is, or yeah. as it were. And, then you know, I think he finished fourth uh, in MVP voting this year. But, like, that is what all Celtic fans and what the NBA has been waiting for, especially with this Celtics team, is the fact that like they've built a core around Tatum and Brown. You have your auxiliary, uh, auxiliary players like Smart and Al Horford who are able to sit there and add what they can add. And there was an expectation this season that you go for an NBA title. This is it. They you, were, you got there last season. Yep. You don't have the Warriors to deal with anymore. You're going to go up against an inexperienced Nuggets team in the finals that's going to have way too much rest because oh, there is guys. a thing as so mm. much. There is. There is okay. a thing as too much rest. And you have a really good chance. Now, if they blow this and they can't come back from the 3 I don't think it's roster Armageddon. But I think you start maybe entertaining some ideas about how you want to restructure things. I don't think you split up Tatum and Brown, but I think maybe you start taking a look at Smart and you start taking a look at some of the other players and go, can I get a third guy? Can I get a third dude? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, but if you go if you go to the Eastern Conference Finals, would this be three straight? This is three straight that they've been to the Eastern Conference Finals, right? Correct. And so then you've got you know the possibility of... of going to a second straight finals. But the idea that, like, finals are bust. Championship or bust. It All is for of, this team. Yeah, but if what is bust? That's blow it up. I mean, the, the idea that we, we always talk about the championship side of it. We very rarely talk about the bust side of it. Like, the, the Los Angeles Rams two years ago felt very much like Super Bowl or bust because you couldn't sustain in a salary cap sport keeping all of the guys that they were overpaying and all of that. Plus, you have a Matthew Stafford who is aging or whatever. 
And they had the bust coming back down mm-hmm. from it. But guess what? A lot of those pieces are still coming back. The idea that you're actually the bust side of it going, yeah, if we don't win this, we can't afford to keep any of these guys and we have to get rid of T- Jason Tatum because he's too old or Jalen Brown. None of Ooh. that exists with this Boston no, Celtics no, no, team. No, 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 no. They have a great opportunity. You only get so many opportunities to be in this position, but Boston is in a pretty good spot. Now, if you get to the finals, and Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic keep playing the way that they've been playing and you lose. I said the same thing about the Lakers uh, last week or the week before. That, yeah, the Lakers didn't win that fi- that series. They were the They weren't the better team. The better team was the Nuggets. There's rooms to improve around LeBron James and Anthony Davis to make that team a little bit better. You've got your second and third best or third and fourth best players are guys that were either thrown to the scrap heap or were undrafted second year players in Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura, D'Angelo Russell, whoever you want to put in those third and fourth best player spots on that team. Is there room to get better? Yeah. Yeah. Is it bust? Anthony Davis has to go. LeBron James has to retire. No, they don't. Calm down. Calm yeah, but, down. They're not yeah. what they want. LeBron is not what he once was, and Anthony Davis still has the history troubles. I get that. Jason Tatum is still maybe one of the top five best players in the NBA if he's re- voted four in MVP rating. Now, if he completely disappears in every game, it's very different than being a little up and down, but he's been that way his whole career. Yeah, and I, I'm with you, man. I mean, I'm not bust on this. Yeah. I'm not bust on this. What I'm saying, though, is that you hit a ceiling at a certain point. Sure. You have to recognize that both these dudes, Brown and Tatum, are at peak. This is it. Yeah. Now, they could get slightly better, but this is kind of the best version of both these guys that you will get. They might have some nuances to their game and everything as the, the years go on, but physically, mentally, and you know, mature-wise... This is kind of where you want to be. And so I'm not saying you got to trade away Tatum or you got to trade away Brown or anything, but I'm saying like, hey, maybe you look at Smart now Horford and say, where can I cut money to go get a third guy to put this thing over the top? You said it's Al Horford. (laughs) Well, right. Al Horford, it's Smart. But really, though, I I mean, you know, White is another one. There's guys on that roster that you can either cut, trade, or move that you can then go get your third guy to put it over the top. Because that's kind of the sentiment around them, is that you got two guys, but really, to get over the top on this, you need a third. Because Tatum and Brown aren't one of those transformational guys like Giannis is, or like Kevin Durant is, or like that. They're just really friggin' good, and you need one more really friggin' good You need Ray Allen. (laughs) Sure, yeah. You you know, you really do. You need need Ray Allen. You need a reliable star. I don't think Ray Allen was ever a superstar without the, the, the... Big clutch shots that he had. I think he. I think he flirted with that area where you kind of put him in that category. He was, he was really just a, friggin' good. He was really, but he was also he was really good in really big moments mm-hmm. where we look back at it and go, oh yeah, like that was the third guy. I, I don't disagree with that, but they're still playing. They still have a chance. I still have a chance. I get the the whole 150 times an NBA team has tried, 150 times an NBA mm-hmm. team has lost with a 3-0 deficit. You could say it that way, or you can go, you know what? Maybe maybe somebody's due. Another Boston team was down to 0-3 to the powerful New York Yankees. Hate to tell you, basketball fans, these Miami Heat, they're not the New York Yankees. No. Listen, they've been playing. They've been punching above their weight for the entire time. I I would be more surprised 
if Miami wins a game seven than Boston would. Now, if, if Boston comes out and lays an egg tonight, uh, I think this is a game that Miami has to take. But I think if it gets to game seven, you have a team that has exhausted everything they have. Because I don't think this Miami team is that good. Without otherworldly performances from Jimmy Butler and guys just disappearing on the opposing teams, yeah. I don't think that they are where they are. The East was the East was really weird this year. You have the best team in the Bucks. They come in with an injury. It was garbage. Well, no, but with I don't think it's garbage. With that injury, I think that it completely transforms that series. So then the Miami Heat have a little an easier road in, and then that Cleveland Knicks series was just kind of a bizarre matchup where the winner of that team wasn't the one of the best teams in the East. The Knicks were a five seed playing against Miami, and they probably didn't belong there. The best two teams played in the, the last series where it was Philadelphia and Boston. And I'm sorry, but scoring an all-time Game 7 uh, uh, number in 51 points, I felt like Boston might have come in a little bit exhausted. In the, the, the most played series between any two teams in playoff history, you're playing against the MVP, you put everything you have into that series, mm-hmm. and here you come, and you let up a little, bit, a, a little bit against Miami in the first three games. A very streaky team in Boston. I think they win tonight. I'm putting Boston to win the series. That's All what right. that's what I think. Okay. So so we can we can start writing their eulogy right now, but they get into it and maybe you're right that there's such thing as too much rest. I'm riding with uh with the Nuggets to win this thing, but I just think it's cuz they're the best team. Jamal Murray is outstanding in the playoffs. And we can look at his playoff numbers if you want to. We can do it right now. We can do it in hour 2, whatever you want. But I think I think it's worth looking at what the Nuggets are because I think there's something else. You want to do that next? Yeah, let's look at the Nuggets. Let's look at the Nuggets. Let's take a look at uh, who I have as my NBA champions this year if they stay healthy. Uh, but first, a Sports Center update. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Sinner and the Saint Tailgate with Luke Anderson and Will Darkins on 1080 The Fan. Whoever wins the Eastern Conference Finals will be playing against the Denver Nuggets. We know that. First time in 47 tries, the Nuggets have uh, will be finishing their season in the NBA Finals. That's a pretty good storyline right there. So if that's not giving you enough reason to be like, hey, let's see somebody else win it. What is your opinion? Before I get into mine, on uh, this Nuggets team, <clears throat> uh, about time. <laughs> really though. Wait, really? Yeah, I mean, come on. You have a two, probably should be three-time MVP. Yeah, this may have been his best season. 
Yeah, this may be his best season. You added on Aaron Gordon, who's an incredibly solid piece, a very good pickup. Uh, obviously, Murray is a very good point guard. He's had injury troubles, mind you. Yeah, um, yeah. This is this is his first time yeah. playing in the playoffs since the bubble. You've filled out the rest of the roster with incredible role guys. I mean, you fell ass backwards into an incredible draft pick. <laughs> um, hold on, I have to sneeze. Oh, good luck. Have a wonderful sneeze, Will. Ooh, it looked like it was violent. He shut off his microphone. That's awful. Yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, I mean, it is kind of like an about time feeling for this team, at least in my opinion, because all the pieces are starting to kind of pull together. I mean, you did sweep a Lakers team that rightfully should have been swept. I, I felt the Lakers kind of got lucky in a lot of respects when it came to the playoffs because the fact that like you had to tear and peel away layers to get past the Timberwolves. Yeah, they did. But they did it. They, but did, they it. did it. And then they faced a Memphis team that was mentally effed up by John Morant. And then you play a Golden State team that just looked like they were they're kind of done. They're tired. Yeah. They're exhausted. Well, so yeah, I mean, this is all kind of expected. And I, I feel like with the Nuggets, it's like if you can't really get past this point now, whoever whoever comes to play you from the East, because really, I mean, you're getting two tired teams either sure. way. Yeah. Uh, you start to kind of say again, like the Celtics, we said in the last segment, like, okay, we need to tweak a little bit. Like, yeah. what do we need to do to really get over the top here? Because this is, this all kind of fell right in a row for us and we couldn't finish. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, the about time part of it, uh, I think it's it's Jamal Jamal Murray time is really what it is. I mean, he he has not been in the playoffs. He's not played in a playoff series since the 2020 bubble where he was outstanding. Um, and so having him back, I mean, it's kind of what you were talking about with Tatum and uh, and Jalen Brown is they need that other guy, that other star to step up as good as Joker has been. If you don't have a running mate that you can go and count on, did you see the final numbers for Jamal Murray in the Western Conference Finals against LeBron James and Anthony Davis? No. 52% from field goal, 40.5% from three, 95% free throws, and averaged 32.5 points per game. Pretty ridiculous. Yeah. That is, it's not just averaging 32 points a game. It's doing it as efficiently as you would hope. I mean, having anybody shoot over 50% from the field is fantastic. 40% from three and 95% from, from free throw. In in all of those games, in, in any time it looked like the Lakers had a chance, the best team down the stretch was the Nuggets. The Looking at the way these games have gone, I'm, and I don't know what the stat is uh, to current, but when you're watching the, the Celtics, I don't think they've won a game that the final score has been within four in the entire playoffs. That's the difference to me between the Nuggets is they have been a team that has been uh, immune to getting blown out. They have been great down the finish when the games are close, and they've had the ability to kind of glide to finishes themselves, where the best team in close finishes this entire playoffs, uh, certainly in the East, has been Miami. Hmm. But Miami reminds me more of the Lakers than they do of the Nuggets. They're the team that like it feels like, well, at some point this run is going to come to an end, just the way you said it would. They, they The Lakers needed everything that they had to get to the Western Conference Finals, and then they ran into the most complete team in the Western Conference playoffs, and boom, they're swept. 
And now you have Miami, who is j- just relies on keeping close enough to let Jimmy Butler do something at the end. And I don't think that's going to be enough against the Nuggets. And then you have a team that you can't trust to be consistent, and you can't trust them to win close games in Boston. So I think whoever runs into them is going to be absolutely hooped. Well, you also have matchup nightmares when it comes to Boston. <laughs> yes. I mean, at least with Miami, you can rely on Bam playing some pretty good defense yep. against Jokic. But I that's a massive question mark when it comes to the Celtics and Nuggets is like, Okay, so who's guarding Jokic? <laughs> well, I think Jokic is... Under- I mean, they're a great defensive team, but in the paint, that's yeah. where it's like, oh, wait. Uh. Well, the interesting thing about Jokic is just the way that he plays. And I was reading an article this week about the Serbian philosophy on basketball that goes way back to their James Naismith over there, where they you, teach... You dribble ball and then put in hoop. They play positionless basketball over there. Uh, they, they like they, but like to have a seven footer like this, it's it's why does he pass so well? It's because dribble, dribble, shoot. You dribble, dribble, shoot, and then when and then when other large, hairy, sweaty men uh, position in front of you, you move were with you, the ball. Were you here the week after they won their uh, second round series? Is I here? I don't know. And we talked about the uh, post-game press conference or the post-game interview on court with uh, with our friend Nikola Jokic. Oh no, I wasn't. They here. Go, but I think I might be. No, I think I might know what you're talking about. They go. Uh, All right, uh, Nikola, how are you going to enjoy your uh, your little rest that you get before the next series? Probably go and watch my friend race horses in Italy. And yes, maybe we get sunshine and we get. But I thought you asked what this guy does for in his free time, and I told you it was horse racing. Yes. And then it was like the next week, right there, right there. He is my favorite interview. I don't know if he's my favorite. But I love the way that he plays. Oh my god, I love his interviews. They're yeah. just he just but and and not just for that that one that was kind of funny. He takes his time and he like he was so gracious in winning against the Lakers and made sure that he pointed out how great the opponents were. And he's, you know, he stops. And before he says any, like you can see him stop, think about what he says. Maybe it's translation, but he makes sure that he gives credit to LeBron and how great he's been his entire career yeah. and how difficult it is to play against AD and nothing but respect. He is, he is, I, I think he's everything that you would want in a superstar player. And you, you put him alongside Jamal Murray, who has, like I said, in the playoffs just gets better. I love this Nuggets team. I think they're fantastic. I think Nikola Jokic is like truly the first like hard hat NBA player. Like, can you ever think more of a dude in the NBA more than Jokic that has just like gone out there, done his job, and just as he's doing it, just kind of looks like, all right, next one. Like, give me the other one. I see. I see what you're saying. Give me another you one. Know, you know All what right. it makes me think of when I watch him play? Because the, the, the one thing that uh, I think he makes he makes me think of a coal miner. Just give me, <laughs> just give me ball in hoop. All right, where's the next one? The way he passes, the way he finishes from so many different angles. Hmm. I wish we could have seen Arvidas Sabonis play when he was younger. Oh, I know. That's what it makes me think. It's the great what if for Blazers fans. It, what if we got him sooner? It, it is, but it's also what if for an NBA, I mean, for, for a career. I mean, you have somebody coming uh, over from, you know, like, I mean, he was a second-round draft pick, this guy, uh, Jokic. You mm-hmm. know, like, everybody missed him. And uh, as part of the article that I was reading about just his 
you know, his uh, mindset and where it was developed in, in the Serbian basketball, the way they teach it over there. The other thing that was connected to the article was a package of his uh, rookie season, like his rookie highlight package, mm. where it was like, it was like, oh, he, how did he turn into such a great player? He kind of came over that way. And and showing some of the highlights. And like I said, the angles that he finishes uh, shots, the, the the passes that he makes, the touch passes, the, the way he sees the game ahead, the, the way he dribbles at center court. I mean, it's. I wish we could have seen Arbita Sabonis. If two men come to guard you while you dribble ball, that's why you keep iron knuckle in pocket <laughs> so you hit other men in groin with them. I think you're thinking of uh, the Bosnian beast and the way that he plays. Like, you just run over the other guy and we do this thing. Why did we get the worst one? Uh, because they realized what they had in Yogi. Because he was worse. He was on than, the trading block. Yeah. That's why he was available for trade. Just how I know. I, I just we got the word. We got the bad one. Obviously, because I that again. If, if maybe we got I'll, we got two giant white centers not from America. Which one do we want to pawn off onto this stupid franchise? Yeah. Well, hey, Nurkic. Nurk fever was pretty fun for a little while. <laughs> for a little while, <laughs> you have to admit, Nurk fever was fun. Yes, it was. It was fine. It, hey, whatever. It was fun. It, it, listen, was it lasting fun? No, no. Was did you get a hangover from it? Yeah, you, yes, you did. Yeah, did you have a little sure. diarrhea? Did you have a little diarrhea after? Sure. Yes, but it hurt while it was happening. It's pretty fun. I was having a good time. You're having a great time, but what happens when you get a fever? You end up stuck in bed for a few days, running to the toilet. And that's what happens. But for a little while. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have to get to good versus evil. We will do that next. This is a show we call The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the, What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. Ah! Let the sinner and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil, brought to you by the titan of Hawaiian restaurants, 808 on 1080 The Fan. I can say it's a successful year because I don't play for anything besides winning championships at this point in my career, and um, I don't get a kick out of making a conference appearance. I've done it a lot. And <laughs> And it's not fun to me to not be able to be able to be a part of, you know, get to the finals. But There's giant bearded cornball, LeBron James. After the Lakers were eliminated from the playoffs via a clean sweep by the Nugs, Bron Bron floated the idea of retirement during a press conference. The 38-year-old told reporters, quote, going forward with the game of basketball, I have a lot to think about. <laughs> LBJ has a contract that would pay him nearly $50 million for two more seasons if he sticks with the Lake Show. There's also an idea out there he could join the Warriors, technically. What do you think he should do? Uh, I think he should stick with the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers are a, a huge draw. It's, a, it's where his businesses are set up. He's a big part of Hollywood. He's already got Anthony Davis, and there's a young team around. The team was really, really fun to watch at the end of the season. Part because of injuries, in part because of being a hundred years old. Uh, you know, he was worn out at the end of the season, but he didn't have a chance to play the way that he did in the playoffs during the regular season. He was not the primary facilitator. Uh, it was kind of fun to watch 
to see what it was going to look like to have LeBron in the later stages of his career. The roster that they made it to the Western Conference Final with was not anywhere near the roster they started the season with. The idea that you have to blow up a team because they didn't win the ultimate prize, I, I would love to see what it looks like going in, knowing that your starting lineup is a combination of Hachimura, Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis, whatever combination there that you put together. I think it would be fun to watch. I, I'm waiting for LeBron. You know what I think would be uh, the, the best award that he could win in the late stages of his career? I want to see him win Sixth Man of the Year. Show me that you're the best team basketball player uh, at the end of your career and come off the bench for the Lakers and be the Sixth Man of the Year. That would be awesome. It's tough, man, with the rain. <coughs> the moisture on the greens a little bit, slowing them up. There's, uh, uh, let's see there. There's Brooks Kepka being interrupted while enjoying a cigarette to answer a golf question. Let's move to golf, where Brooksy won his past weekend's PGA Championship at Oak Hill. He bet Victor Hovland. Scotty Scheffler by two strokes for his third PGA trophy. That's fifth major overall. Where does this place Kepka among today's players and in history? Uh, among today's players, he's one of your favorites to win in every major. He finished as a runner-up in the in the Masters. He had the the third the uh, fifty-two hole, fifty-two hole, lead, fifty-four hole lead uh, in the Masters. Is that many holes you have going into? Fifty-four hole lead. I know how math works and I know how words work. It's I can do both of, of these. There's a lot of holes, um, but there's no reason to think that he can't win every time he goes out there. He said uh, uh, more than once that the reason they joined the Live Tour was to prevent injury so he doesn't have to worry about playing an extensive schedule of anything else. He's said over the years that he doesn't care about anything else but the majors, and with five of them, you don't really have to worry about it. He's uh, one of, I think, 20 players to win five major championships, so he's secured himself, uh, as far as a legacy goes, in one of the top 20 players of all time when it comes to crunch time. Golf is not about who can hit the ball the farthest and who can hit it when it doesn't matter. It comes down to day four of a major championship. It's it's about poise under pressure. That's why we know the names we know in golf. So pretty easy to say. Top 20 all time, one of the best players uh, going right now. Uh, I'd be worried about him in every tournament. Then what happens is... DeAndre Hopkins sees that Odell Beckham Jr. signs for $15 million fully guaranteed, upside to $18 million. After not playing all of last season, Hopkins then begins to think, well, I can't possibly take less than that. There's stock model depicted in every in-flight magazine placing the air mask over himself, then ignoring children, Tom Pelissero. The Arizona Cardinals released DeAndre Hopkins Friday, ending a tenure in the desert that lasted three seasons, 35 games for a three-time All-Pro. Hopkins was scheduled to have a cap hit of about $30 million this season, which would have made him the highest-paid receiver in the NFL. Along with a GM and a coach, the Cardinals look like a fire sale. Where does Ky- When does Kyler Murray get the boot? Well, Kyler Murray won't, probably won't play until week. 13 or 14 if he plays at all this season with the timing of his injury last season. So they're just going to hang out. The reason that they cut uh, DeAndre Hopkins when they did, I think, is so that they, if I have my math correctly, most of the cap hit, if not all, will hit them this season. So they'll be poor. Uh, They will have uh, a good chance at the number one overall pick. And the question is... Uh, going into next year, are you willing to take a cap hit to get rid of Murray, take Caleb Williams uh, if you're at the top of the draft? So it feels like they are in full-on tank mode. They will not have their quarterback this year. He may get a three- or four-game audition at the end of the season to see if it's worth keeping him even as a backup or a, uh, a, a 
a starter until your rookie is ready to go. But I would be very surprised if we see Kyler Murray as their starting quarterback next year when it starts. Time for my favorite story of the week. This one comes from the UK. Righto. Right. Hey. Blimey. That's a brilliant accent you've got there, Governor. Oh, it's pretty good. Not as good as my South African accent. Huh? Hey. It's quite good. Quite good. Your headline. Seagulls high on spice after making off with stashes of drugs. Yeah. Dig it. What does the behavior modification uh, look like in a super high seagull? There are apparently increasing reports of the seaside pests, one being seagulls, swooping down to make off with drug users' stashes, in particular a group of synthetic cannabinoids known as spice. Spice use in humans can cause euphoria, talkativeness, paranoia, nausea, and mood swings. Okay. What does it do to the birds? Uh, Incidents of birds swooping down uh, to get users' stashes of drugs have apparently been reported in all these other places. Is this all over the the country? This is all over the UK. This is happening. All over the UK. Now, there have been no reports of birds, um, of these seagulls, you know, coming down and pecking someone's ear off or wow. so they don't get all high and then get all twitchy and yeah. come down and start raiding the city yeah they like move get they, a shiv and carjack someone they, and... they move inland and start fighting squirrels for their nuts <laughs> or something like that and then they just evolution wise like yeah. progressively start to move up the food chain yes they do they start like they start brawling with hawks for their territory yeah. and they're getting up into the mountains and stuff by the, by the year 2168, the seagulls had begun to develop a government. Yes. They have their little scientists that are making their own spice <laughs> mixtures. So the year is 2257, and the seagulls are testing their first nuclear weapon. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Does it, unless, unless they're becoming highly evolved. And uh, and taking out other species, I'm not too worried about the uh, the high seagulls because you but know what? what if this is the start? Hey, listen, I'm suggesting that if it is, I'm concerned. What I'm saying though is uh, is seagulls kind of act high to begin with. Uh, their behavior. No. Oh yeah. No, seagulls are just jerks. That's what I'm saying. Well, like, but yeah. they're not. They don't act high. Like cats act high. Oh, right, yeah, yeah cats act twitchy and strange. Like they're they're all levels of high because then they're really sleepy, and you're like, what happened there? Yeah, but I guess... seagulls generally follow the same type of mentality all the time. Yeah, which like is like, what's meth. that? Like I think that's mine. Like they're on meth yeah, all the time. I'm gonna take that. Yeah, that's mine. They're scratching in their give me that beaks. <laughs> yeah, like even like even in even in Pixar films where everybody has a personality, what do they do with the seagulls? Mine, yeah, mine, jerks, mine, yeah. They, yeah. Oh, they're mindless jerks, yeah. They're just absolutely mindless jerks. So if their bird brains have enough, uh, you know, spice synapses to yeah. uh, process the spice, and it helps them become highly developed jerks, I'm a little worried. Yeah, that if would it, be. If it makes them dumber and tweakier, eh, that's fine. So physically, right? They wouldn't. The spice wouldn't allow them to like evolve. Physically, though, right? Like other... they would still just be birds. It wouldn't be a Planet of the Apes situations where it's like it's like they got fingers now. It's just like a bird head. Well, they they would have to have receptors. 
They would have to have receptors uh, to process the spice. This is the way I understand. This is going to be terrible biology. So if you're listening to this and you're a scientist, I apologize. Okay. But they'd have to have receptors for the spice to affect them in a uh, in a certain way. If that becomes positive and it can improve their brain functionality, then they can start uh, selectively breeding and then eventually develop fingers. But no, they would not have fingers okay. right away. So it would be Sorry, like... Did I get that right? So like if you develop the movie for it, like would they still like it would be a man's body, right? Ooh, well, so, but you'd still have feathers yeah, everywhere, yeah. and it would still be a bird head. Here's what we have to worry about. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the gestation cycle and the the breeding cycle of seagulls. Because here's the thing: is if they're if they're at like full maturity within like you know a few months, yeah, a couple years, depends on how how quickly they uh, can reproduce mm. and then grow to size and mm. then start the evolution process. Mm-hmm. That's what we really have to worry about. Because, like, I mean, you're looking at humans, it's 18 years before we even, you know, mature and can really start, you know, sure. actively uh, changing our, uh, our our genetic lines. When I can finally buy a pack of smokes, That's right, it. and vote. Uh, the, but if the seagulls are, are reproducing a lot quicker, like if bunnies got high on spice... And Dude. this same scenario played yeah. out. Yeah, yeah we'd matter, be sc- in a matter in a decade. In a matter of months, you'd yeah. have you'd have human-looking bunnies coming around <laughs> trying to fight you. <laughs> hey, give me your cigarettes. I don't have any cigarettes, bunny. Get away from me. Give me your cigarettes. Yeah. Look, you want you want this carrot hey. shiv I made up your throat. Give me your drugs. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not too worried about that. So there you go. So something to keep an eye on. Evolved seagulls. If the seagulls take over the world, you heard it here on this program first. And that's why this should be the only radio program you listen to. It's true. All right. And probably this should be the only segment. Partly because it's brought to you by our friends at 808 Hawaiian Restaurant. Their food is delicious. You should eat at two locations. They are in Woodstock. They are on Burnside, East Burnside. Uh, or you can just go to their website and uh, order right online, have it delivered, or pick it up. Right there at one of the locations. It's ready for you when you get there. ATE-OH-ATE.com in hour two. I've got a baseball story that Will will absolutely love. I've got a baseball question that I'm very curious what your answer is. Uh, We have to talk about who is playing uh, which football icon and much, much more. Hour two of The Sinner and the Saint is next on 1080 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Thank you.